MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. On a Tuesday evening from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, that gentleman right there is a legend at Tulane University. Green Wave great, 1998 undefeated. I'm trying to get me some gear, man. I'm trying to get. I saw you working. I'm working the system there. Shout out to Campus Connection, who always comes through when I need them. He said he only has two in stock, though. So I mean, I'm I am only one body, so. That seems like well, you know, if the man down like to his last two shirts, he'd probably try and make a profit. So well, I'm just saying that you could also give it to a guy that's on, you know, a nationally syndicated show sitting next to the legends of that guy. 1998 team. Whatever he decides, that's all. That's with. all I'm saying. You know, I you've never been to the boot, so well, we have we have we you have we have a have to been to the boot. Oh, okay. You've never been to Disneyland, and yet you have a customized Mickey ears. Disney hat. World, Disneyland, same thing. Not the same thing. One's in one's in South, L.A., one's in Orlando. One's on the West Coast. Very, very different. Very different. For those of you who know, I mean, it's different. And You're right. I'm the, just saying. The real one's in Orlando. You've never been to Disneyland. And then the little stepbrother is in California. The OG is in California, yeah. actually. OG, they were, That right. was the first. That yeah. was the first. Okay. Uh, I don't know what to do with myself. College football season is over. I spent the night, uh, well, other than, you know, enjoying the money, uh, crying a little bit, because I love college football. But we have to move on. The world goes on. Uh, just for you to know, we are 228 days away from our next college football game. But we've got wild card weekend. We've got plenty to talk about. we got college hoops galore. And down goes the number one team in all the land, the Baylor Bears. They get knocked off by Texas Tech tonight as an 11-and-a-half-point favorite. On the money line, you could have got yourself a cool, Plus 525 for the Red Raiders, who have now beaten in back-to-back games the Kansas Jayhawks and the Baylor Bears, doing so tonight on the road, 65-62. to So well done to the Red Raiders. They are now 12-3 and on the year. So uh, the college basketball season, we have seen some pretty big upsets. Your beloved Dookie Blue Devils lost over the weekend in Miami. Kansas lost. Now, Baylor lost. See, I personally don't look at college basketball and see upsets when people lose. 
Okay. I just don't. I mean, it's the game of basketball. For yeah. those that have played it, like, you lose sometimes. I know. You know, just, everything's a learning experience. You know, USC lost to Stanford. Yes, they did. Stanford's bad. Stanford is is not good. <laughs> USC was also undefeated. Yeah. Uh, so we so have I seen mean, uh, a handful of uh, big-name teams get knocked off today. The so. days of going undefeated in college basketball, I'm pretty sure, are over. Just because the teams don't stay together long enough to develop that kind of cohesiveness and continuity on both ends of the floor. And then the one thing that I think is lacking a lot of times is offensive production. Like, how many games you watch in college basketball, and it looks like the, the rim's moving? <laughs> like, both teams are struggling to knock down shots. You know, because of the zone defense, you got more bodies in the paint. So, it's, and I'm, all I'm doing during – and I just said all that to say this. The regular season in college basketball for me is to try and figure out where the best value is for future bets as far as who's going to win come March Madness time. Right now, I love Auburn. Yeah. So you can get up to up to 30 to 1 yep. at some places. I think it's yeah, a Jim little Root. lower. Jim Root brought that up. Yep. Uh, we might be joined by Jim later on in the show, depending on time. I uh, had to go watch them, and they're, they're, they're actually pretty salty. I like that group. Incredibly long. Um, you're watching If you're watching that game tonight or have peeked in on it, I have Alabama. I still <laughs> am going to go with my initial observation of Arizona. They're really good. Who I think Arizona has a chance. And I'm telling you, Illinois with Kofi is a threat to beat anyone. Uh, right now at Nebraska tonight, they lead 51-47. to 47, uh, That one uh, midway through the second half. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been fascinating. Um, you know, I have a couple future bets out there. Don't feel great about a lot of them. My first play of the uh, offseason was Villanova with them bringing back everyone. They have uh, a lot of issues. Can they figure it out? I'm, not, I'm curious about their athleticism, if yeah. they have enough. I don't like them at all. Um, okay, good for you. Oh, and, 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 and not to go against your bet, I always like to explain why. I don't, like you said, I don't think they're athletic enough to play the type of defense they want to play. They can't stay in front of guys. And then they really struggle to get their own shot on offense. They have a big game tomorrow against Xavier. Um, I love Xavier, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Just cool. <laughs> I do. All right, uh, they'll probably lose tomorrow night. So you know, <laughs> such you, can, a hater. you can love them all you want. You're such a hater. Going into by uh, the way, 53 seconds left, uh, and Rock Chalk Jayhawk is up one on Iowa State at home. Yeah, they, that was a bounce back spot for Kansas too. Uh, Villanova tomorrow, a short road favorite uh, against Xavier. So was that like stinky line? Big game. Yeah, I mean, I like home teams. I like Xavier money line. Uh, there you go. Good for you. I fell for the bait coming off the layoff, and I took Butler oh, versus bad. Xavier, and uh, I became a believer. I'm all in on Xavier. Uh, so, a lot of college hoops going on uh, around the country, and yes, uh, Kansas and Iowa State, uh, one of the handful of games going on right now. Really good game, top 15 matchup. This would be a nice win for either one of those teams. So, 53 seconds to go. Uh, if we could... Throw that. I don't know if that game's on TV. Oh, we're watching hockey. Puckstradamus. I think that is. Yeah, what's Puckstradamus got tonight? Puckstradamus. By the way, Kansas and Iowa State, uh, the old exclusively streamed game uh, with two top 15 teams. Right. So I, I'll pull that up here. It's amazing with all the different networks now that a game involving two 15 teams would only be on streaming. Yeah. Uh, but what what is Puckstradamus got tonight? So I took a four-team uh, parlay, which is what Puckstradamus does. Two legs are already home. <laughs> Lightning puck line and Panthers puck line. Neither game ever in doubt. 
and I'm waiting on Penguins and over. So I just need the Penguins to win the game and the total goals to be over five and a half. I also thought there was some value tonight on the Maple Leafs. I know this is Vegas' only game this week, if I'm not mistaken, but I like Toronto. I like what they're doing. I took the Maple Leafs on the road in a straight bet versus the Golden Knights. So right. Penguins and over. Let's go. Can we, we get a comfortable 7-1 Penguins win? That'd be awesome. We got two games that we'll be keeping an eye on there. Uh, I will be keeping an eye on, on my computer on Kansas and Iowa State. I don't have anything on this particular game, a game in which Kansas, uh, I mean, that is, they closed a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Is it tied? Did I see 59-59? 58-57 uh, right now. They were checking a three-pointer just a moment ago, whether or not he was on the line or not. No, uh, Iowa State just took the lead. I beg your pardon. 59-58, that's what they were checking. So it was a two, mm-hmm. 37 seconds to go. would be a nice win. A great win for Iowa State. Now, you're on the wrong side of Alabama-Auburn tonight, right? You want to explain to the people why? <laughs> the game's not over yet there, Captain Mush. It's done. 40-35. Uh, to 35. <laughs> This guy walks in, has no idea. <laughs> you're just salty about last night. I'm not salty. I, just, I spoke for 10 days about Georgia I gave beating you it props. into your brain, and now any opportunity that I make a <clears throat> potential mistake, which the game is not over, you're going to jump down my throat. No, I'm not. I'm not jumping down your throat. Auburn is playing Alabama. Alabama was laying three against Auburn. Actually opened a one and a half, got bet up to three. Alabama's coming off a loss to Missouri over the weekend, who entered that game with a losing record. Missouri's been terrible this year, as Jim Root has shown us with his upside-down Missouri flag. Um, and I just like this spot for Alabama. I really did. Uh, Auburn has been phenomenal, top five in the country, number four in the most recent poll, and uh, they, they're really impressive. Uh, so far, eight blocks in the first half, have a size advantage, so we'll see how the second half unfolds there uh, down in Tuscaloosa. 40-35, to 35, Auburn leading Alabama. I laid the three with the Crimson Tide. Doesn't look great, but, hey, there's uh, 20 more minutes to be played there in uh in Tuscaloosa. Uh, a couple quick things. You can uh, stop watching that one. We can take it off. Jamison Williams, uh, news came out kind of as anticipated, unfortunately for him, torn ACL. Likely still would be a first-round pick, uh, but this is, <clears throat> this is unfortunate. I mean, who knows how long you're out. I mean, with the science nowadays, hopefully he's back and he's not going to miss all of next year, Sean, but... You know, how big of a loss is this for, by the way, this Kansas-Iowa State game is phenomenal. I'm watching it right now. And Iowa State for the win. Nope. And Kansas has held on 62-61. to 61. What a game at Fog Allen as the Jayhawks win 62-61. to 61. Honestly, that's the only future I have that I actually feel decent about. I have Kansas at 14-1 to 1 to win it all. And... uh that what are is, they now, currently? Uh, like 10 to 1, somewhere in that ballpark. They can't win it, but, I mean, it's emotionally a good bet. And the Penguins have scored early in this match. 1-0 Pittsburgh at the 18.55 point. If I can get about five more of those, that'd be tremendous. Hey, uh, you want to update people on our cigar bets? Since you're, you know, you're, you're always right and I'm always wrong. I, why do you take things so literally? Like I'm a very. I'm just, I'm just curious because you have to update. Did Matt is Matt, is Matt Nagy employed right now? No. Oh, okay. Was, was that a prediction of mine or yours? 
Um, you got to put a check mark. Well, on I don't that. like people getting fired. You do. Like, I'm a nice guy. You're a mean guy. No, so. Matt Nagy will be okay. Yeah. He'll be fine. You want to put a check mark there? Yeah. yeah. I, think, uh, I think we're up two. At some point, you got to pay the piper here. I, wanna, I, wanna I was drink, up four. I want to drink my fine wine. I was up four. Can we just like get a, a? Can we get a? Big I was old up glass? four and hadn't gotten a, a cigar. Yeah. Man, that man. Talk about holding a lead. You were up four, and you're down. You're up two. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. Sick, but we've got like six bets sick out there. there. We've Yikes. got like six bets out Yikes. there. Nice. That's not great. All right. Uh, Joe Judge was fired. We didn't uh, talk about that. Uh, that actually might be mentioned a little bit later on in the show. But let's get to Wild Card Weekend. See some line movement as well. So we are up and running. Sean's a hater. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. Come on back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in this segment of the nightcap is being brought to you by Zinn nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn nicotine pouches are smoke free, spit free and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus and many more for your convenience. Each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com find. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is 
and addictive chemicals. You know, every night I sit here and I cheer on your ridiculous parlay that usually falls one leg short because parlays are not true, not true. But, you know, don't go to trying to create your own history. He's over here, folks. Read the story as the words again. I go out, I get him this wonderful gesture, a customized hat from Disneyland with his ridiculous self nickname that he gave himself and had to jump through hoops to get it done, was questioned by higher-ups at Disneyland, was told specifically wasn't allowed to wear it inside the limits of the park because they didn't know that name. And he's over here raising the roof, trying to be against my bet, all because I told him Georgia was going to win last night, and he refused to accept it. I wasn't raising the roof for Auburn. I was raising the roof because Toronto – just scored and is on the power play now, and mm-hmm. Pittsburgh scored and is on the power play. Well, that both those both happened during the break, and as we returned, no, I wasn't. And as we returned, and Auburn so hit it. Auburn hit a three pointer. So sensitive. I'm just saying. By the way, uh, your bankroll, uh, you lost all your money. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I got unlucky. I did not. I mean, I got I got hit by the injury bug. I mean, Montana touchdown. Tommy gets hurt. He's out for the game on the first series. Jamison Williams catches a 40-something-yard pass and it's out. You know, so the injury bug. Mm. You can't account for that before the game. Not accountability. No? Okay. Um, I mean, you cash your ticket. I would rather have the wrong opinion and get to the window than have the right opinion and not get to the window. Oh, I had the right opinion on Georgia. That's okay. Um, it was never in doubt. Never in doubt. Yeah, ever. You never wanted to. Ben Stetson Bennett or Fire Todd Munkin. I wanted to fire Todd Munkin. At any point during the game. I wanted to fire Todd Munkin, that's for sure. That's good. Foul, foul people shooting threes. That's always a wise decision in college basketball. All right, I need to get off this game. Let's talk college Let's talk the NFL. We've got wild card weekend upcoming. We do. And yesterday, we didn't really have much time to discuss these games because the national championship was happening <clears throat> in front of our eyes. So we have a glorious seven-game weekend ahead of us two games on saturday three games on sunday one game on monday your favorite play remains cincinnati yes explain why well when this line first came out Mm -hmm. it was telling you that the Bengals are going to win the game they were six and a half point favorites i mean that's the second largest well it's the third largest line but it's the largest line of a game that people actually thinks has a chance to be competitive. Like when, when people saw Pittsburgh, the Chiefs, everyone automatically knew the Chiefs are going to win that game or something crazy happening. Same thing with Eagles-Bucks. But when you looked at Cincy, Raiders, Bills, Patriots, Niners, Cowboys, you kind of, okay, you know, interesting contest. The emotion that the Las Vegas Raiders put into the season finale to beat the Chargers Excuse me. I just think it's going to be difficult for them to regain that level of energy because of the scheduling. They played Sunday night. NFL did them no favors, gave them the first game on Saturday. So now the week is different. They're traveling. They're catching the Cincinnati team that's rested, ready to go at home. I just, I think everything points to Cincinnati pulling away late in this game? You know, 
it's hard to disagree with those points, and I, I don't really have a strong opinion on this game. My my worry and my hesitation, and, and we showed you know the graphic there uh, that you know they played before, and the Bengals smashed them before, winning thirty two to thirteen. Final four games of the season, and that game was closer than that. The Raiders won their final four games by a combined twelve points. Uh, it is it has been nip and tuck. Uh, are they exhausted? My only worry and hesitation, by the way, the line is moving towards Las Vegas, is it's Zach Taylor's first go-round. It's also Rich Bisaccia's first go-round. Mm-hmm. As the head coach. It's Joe Barry's, or so Joe Burrow's first go-round as well. So as a rookie quarterback like Joe Burrow and their top playmaker is also a rookie and their head coach has well, never Joe's been a there second before. Year player. Yeah, that's true. Rookie, Sorry. Yeah. Rookie into the playoffs. My right. fault. Yeah, second-year player. First time in the postseason. Does that worry you at all? By the way, Max Crosby continues to be just an absolute. Oh, yeah, he's a monster. monster. Uh, have we heard an injury update on, I think it's Pylon, number 96, who was carted off the field? I have not. Uh, he was a big part of that defensive line rotation. You know, so uh, I just, I'm not as big a Derek Carr fan as other people. He's out. So that's one less body in that rotation coming off a game where they gave Max effort, and it's tough to duplicate that. And I'm not as big a Derek Carr fan as a lot of people. So I, I, even though Joe Burrow's in his second year, I think since he has the better quarterback. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, so, I mean, Josh Jacobs. Look, I, I, Josh Jacobs took my head off you, to him and played a I'm great not a, game. Unlike you, I'm not a hater. And I would, if you play this, which you will, I will cheer for you. I, I don't have. I'm cheering for you tonight. No, you're not. You've been you've been outwardly. So I don't get it. When I root for your team, or for Aaron's team, and they lose, I'm a mush. When I root you against your team, you didn't root or for them. Aaron's team, you are so, I'm a hater. He, folks, he is so upset and sad that we keep calling him the mush because you mushed him. It's not like you were but you weren't cheering one way or the other. I you was. Just, I was saying you were just saying the he, result that he wanted was going to happen. Which it didn't. So then, that means I was rooting for him, and it, I'm confused. I don't know. Like just, now, I'm trying to be he's like just very a you sarcastic. Should see, you like should see our text messages. co-host and go against your Auburn, Alabama, because I don't want to say like, don't worry about it. Alabama's definitely gonna come back and win. You gonna say I'm mushing you? I'm not gonna say that. I'm just gonna say you were you mushed Aaron. Hey, as they say in the hood, real talk though, you just on the wrong side in this game. It's I okay. might be. Yeah, it happens. Very might well. See if Alabama can get hot. Um, all right, so you like Cincinnati. Just- That's the one game I looked at. The other game I kind of like, I just got to make sure that, that everybody's available, is I really like the Cowboys over the 49 You know what's funny is my first inclination was San Francisco, and now I'm starting to get that feeling, Sean, yeah. that this is kind of a square dog situation. And – you look at the line right there at DraftKings, it just kicked up the three and a half. Um, I thought it would go the other direction. And now I'm just kind of getting that funny feeling that everybody, and, and what do I always talk about, especially, you know, in college football? It's, you know, what have we seen last? And what did we see last? We saw San Francisco come back in the fourth quarter, run the ball down the Rams' throat, and get into the postseason. They're hot right now. And the Cowboys, yeah, they won. But it was against the Eagles, banged up team. I'm getting that that stay away vibe on San Francisco here because that line, you look at Circa, it's a juice three now. You look at Westgate, it's a juice three. 
uh, uh, DraftKings, it's three and a half. It feels like it's starting to to trend that way. So I, I tend to agree <clears throat> with you here. I think Dallas might be the right side in this one. Yeah. Unlike Alabama, and again, the, uh, the unknown in the with the 49ers, as long as they're in this playoffs, are, is going to be: Are you getting the first half Jimmy Garoppolo in the Rams game, or are you getting the second half Jimmy Garoppolo in the Rams game? And those two players are so far apart. You know, for me, it's hard to trust San Francisco. You know, they're very familiar with Dallas. That's a team. I mean, with uh, the Rams. That's a division opponent. They know each other extremely well. They know the pressure points. They know each individual player, where their strengths, their weaknesses are. You know, they don't know. They're not as familiar with Dallas. And I think Dallas is capable. Now, the one thing that Dallas can do, they can create explosive plays on offense and defense. And I think that's what makes them dangerous. So Garoppolo, if he's forcing balls like he did at times in the Rams game, what do the Cowboys do? They catch them and they return them. You know, and offensively, you know, I think there are times when the Niners, you know, have secondary issues. You know, Jimmy Ward, for instance, is somebody that I thought the Rams really circled and identified, okay, we want to take advantage of him in every possible situation. And, and Dallas will see that film, and they'll try and get CeeDee Lamb, you know, matched up on him. If, if Tony Pollard's back, they'll try and get him matched up on third down, you know, running routes. So, I, just, I, I like, I favor Dallas, I, I do in this game. Yeah, and it feels like it's trending towards catching that hook as opposed to going the other way. We'll talk more about some liability, these playoff games, the CFP. Patrick Everson next right here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap. We keep it rolling here on VEASAN from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm trying to avert my eyes from just the utter disaster that is Alabama basketball and the hater over here that is Sean King. Such a hater. Such a hater. Why are you wearing Alabama colors then? Uh, Let's bring in Patrick Everson, who does an incredible job just uh, keeping everybody in the know. Uh, when it comes to all things Las Vegas and gambling, props.com is where you can find the website at Patrick E underscore Vegas on Twitter. Uh, let's uh, let's go back to last night, Patrick, because we had Chris Andrews on right after the title game closed. And I was surprised to learn that that was a loser for the South Point. Overall, how did odds makers fare last night? How did books fare last night? Because I, I thought it would be a big winner that Georgia ended up winning, but it it seems like it was kind of a a mixed bag. Well, I think there were pockets. I do think Chris's situation was probably the exception rather than the rule. And the Superbook had that same exception. And I'm not exactly sure what Chris's position was, but, you know, and and it's kind of interesting. The Superbook is, 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 I think what we would deem more of an independent outlet, kind of like Circa is, kind of like South Point is. So maybe there's some, you know, continuity there between some of these books that, that did not have this work out well for them. Um, I'm not sure how – I didn't check to see how, this, how, how Circa did in the game, but I'm just saying maybe there's some, uh, some correlation there. And, uh, you know, 
all it takes, you know, especially with 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 Chris at, at South Point. I mean, if they get oh, a couple of solid good. plays, are we there? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Oh, just making sure. I was going to say, I think you know, if they get a couple of solid plays on maybe on, not on Georgia. Right, we'll at South uh, we'll Point, try to reconnect here with Patrick in in just a moment. Uh, looks. Oh, he. Hang on a second. Let's try. Hang on. Hold on, Patrick. I think it might be me, not you. It's it's as as all my girlfriends would tell me in high school. It's it's me, not you. So uh, you keep (laughs) you keep going. I'll try to figure out mine. I'm you were cutting in out of my IFB, so I apologize. That's that's bad hosting on my part. You continue with your tremendous knowledge. Okay. Well, I know it's tremendous knowledge, but you know, at South Point, if they if they got knocked around in a couple of good sized Georgia bets, that could make a difference. I don't know that because I didn't talk to Chris about what their position was or who they had, but I did talk to the Superbook. And the Superbook had significant futures liability to Georgia, which John Murray told me about literally day of the, of the uh, semifinals, the championship, uh, the playoff semifinals. And then they also, running up on kickoff yesterday, took, I believe it was a $225,000 play on Georgia, minus, uh, I think, or it was Georgia Moneyline, minus 135. So they were swimming upstream against Georgia, but almost pretty much every other book that I talked to, BetMGM um, uh, among them, WinBet among them, Twinspires, uh, several sports books got back to me, and all of them did, uh, the rest of them all did pretty well to that outcome. They were really hung up. Uh, d- decent play in, in most cases, at least a majority of play on Alabama, even if it wasn't a strong majority on Alabama spread. But it seemed like almost everywhere, Alabama money line. Everybody was like, hell with the spread. Mm-hmm. We're going to take the plus 120 or the plus 125 or whatever it is we can get because we think Alabama's going to win this game. Kind of to Sean's point, uh, you don't want to be the one who, who went against. You, you'd rather lick your wounds afterwards than be the one who goes against Saban and loses the bet. So um, they were playing money line. I mean, at, at win bet, it was something along the lines of 80% of bets and 98% of money on the money line on Alabama. It was all Alabama, and that was echoed at multiple books here in Las Vegas and the national operators who were operating in other states, mostly back east, but also, you know, Arizona, Colorado, et cetera. Um, they were swimming in money line play, and generally speaking, they were uh, in a worse position on Alabama in the futures book, too. So this was a, a really good result for BetMGM. It was a really good result for, for WinBet. It was uh, a really good result for, for Twin Spires. I know that's one of the smaller operators, but they give me some great information, and it, and it oftentimes jibes with the larger sportsbook operators. And uh, you know, I, you know, Grant Tucker at WinBet, Georgia and under was the best result for us. Uh, Zachary Lucas at Twin Spires. This was a great result for us, and I imagine for most books, scripted to perfection, best outcome, and Jason uh, uh, Jason Scott at BetMGM, a tidy result for us tonight in what has been a stellar season for college football bookmakers. Talk once again to our good friend Patrick Everson, who everyone can hear clearly, uh, except for me, about in the first minute, but we, we're good now. I got it all right there, so apologies uh, to, our, to our viewers no, no who uh, was uh, making it sound like Patrick didn't have a good connection. All right, let's get to a Sunday night uh, as we continue to go back in time a little bit, the tie. We were moments away from what we thought could happen. Um, so many sports books in town put up odds for the tie with the uh, with the, the breakdown. Uh, you know, various twelve to fifteen to one. You know, depending on where where they were. So, how badly were books sweating this potential tie, which was seconds away from happening? 
Yes, this was going to get really, really, really interesting. I was talking about John Murray about this pre-kick, and obviously, if I make sure I got my facts in order, I think I've got this in order, but really, the Colts' loss is what set this all in motion, correct? Yes. You You needed that Colts' loss to set this whole thing in motion, and then from there, it just started getting really, really dicey. And John Murray told me uh, pre- just, you know, pregame before the, uh, uh, before the Raiders game went off that they had that prop of what they had was, first off, there were a couple of different props that were involved. There was the prop of, you know, will the game end in a tie and, uh, you know, overtime and all, will the game end in, or will the game end in, even end in a tie in regulation, which was decent, decently bet. But will the game end in a tie overall, as you said, that would have been, really dynamic and nobody thought it would really happen, but it was a fascinating thing that was really picking up steam in social media and elsewhere, especially after the Colts lost. Now, in addition, where they were really getting hammered at the Superbook was on a, the, the no touchdowns prop, which mm-hmm. a lot of books offer in the standalone games. That was 500 to one, got bet down to 100 to one. And John's like, I know what you people are doing here. <laughs> I understand what's going on, but I can't imagine that these two teams are going to collude pregame and play this that close to the vest. He said, I understand if it gets to overtime, and then you start talking about the, the situation, the profit of tying the game. He's like, I understand then where the both teams are going to perhaps draw back and get a little conservative because they want to hang on to that playoff berth. But he felt like anything short of the game being actually in overtime was was impossible to have had you know been been pre pre-gamed out or anything but it definitely put the books in a really weird spot and they weren't only like i said they weren't even only facing the liability on the uh, on the tie in that game or even the tie at the end of regulation um but also this uh huge amount of money coming in on no touchdown scored in that game which was kind of wild Patrick, we got about uh, about two and a half minutes, and uh, I, I want to rifle through the wild card games as much as you've got sure. on them. I know you've got a lot sure. of uh, content, so uh, the floor is yours. What do you got on the wild card games? Money coming in, you know, one way or the other in the final two and a half. Well, you know, a couple of different things where we're at on this. I got some great stuff from Rex Fires Superbook on Sunday night, and I thought some of his comments were fascinating. Um, because Rex, I mean, look, at a lot of these, we all know a lot of these uh, uh, odds makers also bet regularly, which is good because they certainly understand who, who understands it better. You know, they know how the sausage is made and they're, and they're looking at ways to bet how the sausage is made at shops other than their own. Obviously, here in Nevada, that is the rule. You can bet, but you can't bet at the shop you work at, right. which is good. So he said, I thought this was fascinating on the Raiders. First off, he thinks the Raiders have a shot. And what he said was, and this was Sunday night, he says, as a better, I'd like the Raiders at seven flat, and that's why I don't think it's going to get there. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, the Raiders are down to five and a half, correct? That correct. number's gone the other way. So I thought that was fascinating kind of, uh, you know, foresight on his, on his part, saying I love seven flat if it, if it went from six and a half to seven. But he said that's why I don't think it's going to get there, and sure enough, it goes the other way, which I thought was fascinating. And he also said of that Chiefs game, I thought this was interesting too, that you couldn't, you know, the the, some people were thinking, how can you make it 11 and a half or 12 or whatever? He's like, you know what? My power rating was 10. And if you put it at 10, nobody's going to bet Pittsburgh after what they saw two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was. And he said, if you put it at 10, you're going to get the wise guys and the public on the same side all the way up to 13. And then you're going to be in a really bad spot come next Sunday. So he said, that's why they went 11 and a half. They ended up 13. I think it's 12 and a half now. So I thought those were two rather interesting 
behind the scenes of how that sausage was made. And, if, you know, I, and obviously the Bills-Patriots game is interesting, too, if you want to touch on that. I'm not sure if we're right up against it right now or not. <laughs> well, we got, I mean, we got a, a, a little bit of time, so uh, we, we, will, uh, we will have to cut you off here, Patrick. We always appreciate the content. And uh, make sure to follow at Patrick E underscore Vegas on Twitter. And if you're in a sports book this weekend, odds are, you know, like minus 150, you'll probably see Patrick there because he is going to be busy, busy this weekend. You're the man, Patrick. Always appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you two having me on. Have a great week. Head over to props.com. That is the website that Patrick Pat is. does a great job. He's hardest working man in town. Yeah, I like Pat He a does lot. a phenomenal job. We'll digest some of the information there. Some more thoughts on Wild Card Weekend. It's the Nightcap on VSIM. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you've missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule tonight, Make sure to head on over and check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Head over to vsin.com slash podcast. you get Beating the Book by Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many, many more. They're all free and available now. Head over to vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It is the nightcap here on Vison and I think I I think I despise Alabama. Uh, they are a horrible shooting team. Entered today 212 in the country in shooting threes and they're four for 21. But hey, you know, keep shooting guys. <laughs> keep doing that. Uh, Auburn's really good though. Uh, Jim first you don't succeed. Jim last week try, uh, try give him a credit. He said you asked him, 
you know, a, a, maybe a, a play down the board that is a, a good value. Auburn is 14-1, and one, on their way to 15-1, and one, on their way to an easy cover tonight. Yes, I'm trying to anti-mush them. And uh, they're really good. They're really long. They got some dudes coming off the bench. Wendell Green's the man. So uh, 68-57, that game I am on the wrong side of. I have Alabama. It is what it is. How are your hockey games going? Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh's winning 1-0, but it, it should be four goals scored in the first period. I have the over, over five and a half in this game as well. So it's just one of those games like pucks hitting off the goalposts. I mean, goalie made two great saves, but the flow of the game tells me that the goals will start to happen as we get into the second and third period. So I need Pittsburgh – and the game over five and a half. The Maple Leafs and Knights, I think, are tied 1-1 into the first. I have Maple Leafs in that game. So, Buck Shadamas is alive. We shall see. You know, Sean, a game that we haven't hit on yet uh, for Wild Card Weekend, it is the Monday nighter, mm-hmm. and it's Arizona visiting the L.A. Rams. This game has, <clears throat> here at Circa, not moved. Open four, still remains at four. Uh, Westgate, it opened five, moved to four, and it's pretty much four consensus. I don't know if there's any four and a halfs out there. Actually, DraftKings, as you see right there on your screen, for those of you joining us on YouTube TV or VEASAN.com, three and a half. I know it's Kyler Murray's first go of it in the postseason, Sean. I don't like what I'm seeing from the Rams right now, and... I'm trying not to be a, a prisoner of the moment. Right. Right. I mean, the last thing we saw of them was was blowing a, a big lead to the San Francisco 49ers <clears throat> in a very important spot. I mean, might as well just, I mean, I just fire my ticket into the sun. I mean, it is just <laughs> gross. Um, I kind of lean towards the Cardinals in this spot. I can't take the Cardinals right now. Um, I know but they, can you take I the I know Rams? they get DeAndre Hopkins back. I mean, it took some Pro Bowl caliber Jimmy Garoppolo plays yeah, true. down the stretch. And with James Conner exiting the Seahawks season finale, finale versus the Cardinals, mm-hmm. he was already banged up. He was running as if he wasn't 100% back. I mean, they have to have balance. Like, I just don't think Arizona's built, especially with the pass rushers that the Rams have up front. To just throw the ball every now. I don't think the offensive line is good enough. I think the Rams are going to make them one-dimensional, especially if James Conner can't go. And if he does go, I could tell in the Seahawks game early, he's not all the way healthy. Even though DeAndre Hopkins comes back, Raheem Morris will do a good job of making sure that that's Jalen Ramsey on Hopkins as much as possible. So I, I like the Rams in this one. I don't really want to trust the Rams, but I, I just don't think the Cardinals are very good at this point in the season. And I know they beat Dallas on the road a couple weeks ago, but – when you look at them in totality over the last four or five games of the season, just don't think Arizona is playing at a high level right now. Yeah. Uh, I just, the Rams, Matthew Stafford, I, I feel like, did it say something to you about McVay's <clears throat> trust in Stafford on that final drive up 24-17, now, they went three straight runs. 49ers got their stop. 
but they did not allow Matthew Stafford to no, throw I don't the ball. think so much. I mean, they just got Cam Akers back, so, you know, there's a lot of excitement behind that, you know, coming off the season he had last year. So a little bit of that is trying to establish the fact that we've got to be able to run the ball to close out games. And I think that's what Sean McVay was, you know, attempting to do, you know, teach his team. If we really want to host hoist the Lombardi Trophy, if we really want to be the second team to host the Super Bowl, play in it, and win it after a, a, a brilliant team down in Tampa did it for the first time last year. <laughs> Shout out to the Buccaneers. Uh, and we have to be able to run the ball in four-minute offense to close our games, and I think that was more about that because, ironically, Stafford has one of the best fourth-quarter QB ratings in the league this year. I mean, he's actually been pretty darn good. You know, so, And I think he's confident. You know, I've never been the biggest Stafford fan. I'm still in the wait-and-see module when it comes to what I think of, you know, the Rams quarterback. I I want to see how he handles the playoffs. Is he able, under duress, to continually get back up, not turn the ball over, and make the plays to get the Rams, you know, across the finish line? When, when you're honest with yourself, it was a defense that let him down against the Niners. Now, granted, they were up 17-0, so if you score, right. you don't. But the defense really, really has some soul-searching to do. I mean, San Francisco bludgeoned them. I mean, they just lined up at times and ran the ball six, seven Debo times. Debo was row. just going right down their throat. <laughs> I mean, come on, that was that was just disheartening to watch. But I don't think Arizona's capable of doing that, which is how this conversation started. So if you're listening, watching, I like the Rams to cover the number okay. at home. Uh, going back to Saturday night, a game that I, I can't wait to see. New England visiting Buffalo for the third time this year. Uh, they're not visiting Buffalo for the third time, playing for the third time this year. The one time they did play in Buffalo was the the snow wind fest, and that was Mac Jones throwing three passes, but Patriots found a way to win. Then the Bills got their revenge, winning in Foxborough 33-21. to New England losing their season finale to Miami, albeit didn't really mean all that much. Now they're going on the road to Buffalo. This line is four, four and a half, depending on where you look. If you like Buffalo, you can lay the four. If you like New England, you can get yourself a four and a half uh, at the Westgate Superbook. Fading Belichick is probably not a fun thing to do uh, in the postseason, but this is his first go-around without uh, one Thomas Brady as his quarterback, or first, I think, since like the early 90s uh, to be without Tom Brady. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Buffalo. I don't want to get you know caught up in this, but once again, laying four in a spot like this in a game with the lowest total on the board at 44 seems a bit a bit dicey. Well, I have a 16 to one ticket on I know the Patriots do. to win the AFC. So by def- default, I'm pulling for the Patriots. If you ask me, am I going to wager on this game? Currently, no. My number one rule with Buffalo is first of all, we got to wait and make sure we understand the weather situation because as we saw, I think that was a Monday night game in Buffalo where they couldn't even throw a pass. So be, Buffalo historically has games where the weather is a huge it's be issue. One degree, I believe I saw today. So, I don't know about wind, but it's going to be cold. And the cold doesn't bother me as much as the rain right. and the wind. The wind is, I mean, you if know, you ask odds makers, the wind is the only thing that really affects the total Wind, not snow, not rain, not cold, well, it's wind. As a former player, I know the odds makers, you know, analytics guys, they look at numbers. As a former player, the rain has an impact, <laughs> a significant impact. The cold you can deal with, the heat you can deal with, the wind is an issue, especially when it's east and west and it's not north and south, you know, because if it's against you, you know, you can, 
you know, make your adjustments. But then when you have it, at least you can, you know, attempt the forward pass. But wind is an issue and rain is definitely an issue. First of all, it's visibility because you have a helmet. So right. you have something continually dripping over your, your vision threshold and in the ball security and the opportunity to really catch and deliver passes. It, it, it's, it's a lot more difficult when it's raining. Having said that, I'm going to wait on this game. Uh, my money's already in on New England, so I'm not going to back away from them now. I don't love the way that passing game has looked the last four or five games of the year um, outside of the outlier. I think they caught the Jags or somebody in Foxborough and put up, you know, 40 yeah, plus. Yeah, 50. Right. So uh, other than that, I mean, they're struggling to create plays. I mean, people have really decided, okay, if you guys are going to run past us and throw the ball vertically down the field and prove it. And they're just sitting on all the underneath stuff. And that's why you've seen multiple pick sixes thrown by Mac Jones. So, you know, maybe Belichick and crew can uh, make some adjustments. Josh McDaniels, I, I think he needs to get a lot more aggressive early in the game and make Buffalo secondary show some more respect than the Patriots have been getting the last couple of weeks of the regular season. Well, I'll just say this. You know, Mac Jones making his playoff debut, temps in the mid-single digits. Good luck, Mac. He ain't Tom Brady just yet, so we will see how that all unfolds. Uh, Stats, your guy. guy, He will join us top of the hour right here on the Nightcap. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 